0: Welcome to the Weekly Scroll Podcast. My name is Ryan, and I'm the Fell Handed.
1: Oh, uh, I'm Sam Sleaney. I do Space Cowboys.
2: Uh, My name is Zach. I'm also here doing Space
0: Cowboys. God, I didn't think that was your
2: whole introduction.
0: Oh yeah, that's, that's it. We, we do don't do shit at yeah. this. We don't We're have a now. list of accolades to go after our names, so uh, <laughs> no worries. It happens every single time, 100% of the time. So um, so yes, this is us. We are them, and this is the Weekly Show Podcast, and these are um, the uh, people from Soul Muppet Publishing talking about um, Sad Space, Cowboys, Orbital Blues, and the new, if you look beside me, uh, Kickstarter going on right now. This is Afterburn, so... I guess, um, I guess kicking it off, yeah, right, right above Sam there. Um, yeah. So what is what is Orbital Blues?
1: Uh, Orbital Blues is a game about sad space cowboys. Blues it is a game of lo-fi blues. space western role playing, uh, where players take on the role of interstellar outlaws and form crews. And they try and make a living and survive in a galaxy that doesn't care if they live or die. It is ruled by soulless corporations, and it's only the gig economy that is keeping you going. So, just like real life. Way
3: too close to home. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
3: yeah.
2: Absolutely. It's a game about self employed people with depression living under capitalism.
0: So, yeah. yes. That's yeah. what we were aiming for, right? So, Woo. um, oh, amazing. Listen, we just need spaceships and we're there. Um, so that is what Orbital Blues is, but like, how did Orbital Blues actually come to be? This is the second Kickstarter, this is the first expansion, the first big wave expansion, because there's a lot going on with this project right now that we're going to be talking about. Um, but I know the original Orbital Blues has been out for a little while, I have like all of it right there um but what was the actual years i think that's it i feel like it's been much yeah maybe
2: so the yeah the original kickstarter was like april 2021 and then the book would have been like released in people's hands in physical form of like april 22 so it's actually only been like 18 months since the first wave of um, people's hands Um, which Um, you 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 it feels like it's longer because of you know what's happening in the world and how time has increasingly less meaning as it progresses.
1: Yeah. It was written throughout lockdown, I feel like. So it started, as many British ideas do, it started in a pub. Um, uh, Which one was it, Zach? Uh, The one at the bottom? Lincolnshire Poacher in Nottingham, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Wherein me and Zach were having pizza and beers and I was like, I want to do a game that does cowboy bebop. In space, well, it can't we in space anyway? But I want to do a sci-fi game, um, yeah. and I'm not a big sci-fi guy. Um, I'm more of a fantasy person myself. Not that you would like be able to tell looking from my back catalogue. Um, but uh, Zach was like, "Yeah, absolutely," and like Zach did "Best Left Buried," which is it has like the same sort of bones in that you're freelancers um, suffering under a gig economy of sorts like so if you just want to explain best left buried because that that is like
2: the pitch for best left buried is that you're playing professional adventurers who are employed by a bank to go into ruins and get money and obviously it explores the to me the logical conclusion of the dungeoneering thing as a horror simulation and then like your characters becoming slowly more bedraggled Mm -hmm. over time as they have to deal with these really terrible working conditions. So like on the back of a post-it note, I think Orbital Blues and Best F Braid are like quite similar games in that one of them is about being self-employed and one of them is about having a job at a big company uh, and both of them about how that can suck under capitalism. Obviously one's in space and one's in, uh, in, in underground, but, but it's still <laughs> the same idea. So I was looking for like a second RPG to put out through Soul Muppet that kind of used the same engine. Me and Sam were good friends. Sam had written an amazing best bird adventure for me called Beneath the Missing Sea, uh, the pitch of which is like you're playing adventurers who are... An, an ocean has disappeared from this like quite arid part of the world, and it creates an adventuring gold rush as all of these people are trying to get closer to the bottom of the dungeon. I imagine if you could just walk to the bottom of the ocean and suddenly you're like... You start five levels lower in the dungeon, right? Uh, so that was a really fantastic adventure and Sam pitched me like this game with Josh as the artist we wanted to work with and this sort of sad space cowboy best left buried game appeared that sort of started off as a bit of a hack and then kind of developed and bloomed off into its own game which is kind of you know as popular if not more popular now certainly than best left buried so uh, it's it was the genesis was there, and that was in like December, 2020. So we spent eighteen. Yeah, was that, months that
1: pre-pandemic? The,
2: like that was pre-pandemic. Yeah, because we did. We, yeah. we we did have a meeting about that, like in person before it all went to shit. Mm. And you yeah. couldn't go outside anymore. But it was kind of really amusing because Sam and I were stuck in houses like half a mile from each other, unable to talk to each other, <laughs> both thinking about the same yeah. game at the same time. Uh, yeah. So a lot of Zoom meetings we could have done by shouting at each other loudly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah, it was weird. It was a game that was, like, written... Um, it was, like, planned and pitched pre-lockdown, written throughout it, and then it, it very much, like, launched into the real world, into a post-pandemic world. So it really went through the ringer.
2: Um, yeah, and and, and, it, and it and it got sadder as we got sadder throughout that year as well, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and to to the, and this is that is how like sad for XP came about where um, I was like I don't want to um, do a game where you're just going around and getting bounties and killing bad guys and robbing banks and stuff and that's what's getting you XP but I don't know how to do that uh, do an alternative to that in a ludo narrative manner and so Zach came up with this notion that was. Sad for XP, um, is what it was. <laughs> if you put it like on on a post-it note, uh, Zach, mm-hmm. explain sad for XP.
2: So tra- orbital blues have. This is how we've been rocking it at MCM this weekend. We were at Comic Con. Sam would do the first half of the pitch and be like, "Now talk about the mechanics," because like that's the split of us as creatives. Sam's the vibes guy, and I'm the person that writes all the rules. Uh, so yeah, it's a good uh, division uh, of labor, so- you know. Is- Sorry. Yeah,
1: I can't, I can't labor. do maths. I can't do maths. I spent all my time in... in I spent all my stat points in in English. Um, <laughs> so so Zach does does mechanics and make sure that it's actually a functional game and not just like an evocative book.
2: <laughs> so one of the, the thing you pick in Orbital Blues, which is like the closest equivalent to a class we actually have, is uh, this thing called a trouble, which is the reason that you are sad in space. And in a normal role-playing game, you get experience points for like Sam was saying, like killing monsters or doing quests or getting treasure or something. In Orbit of the Blues, you get it for being sad. So your trouble gives you a set of five character backstory prompts and three like gameplay prompts. And you answer a couple of those backstory prompts during play, like during character creation. And as you answer more in play, you get additional points for this thing called blues, which is obviously what we named the game after. And then you also get them for, like, role-playing in line with this trouble as well. There's all kinds of troubles. There's 18 different ones, which means you're never going to have two of the same one on a spaceship. But you might be um, bloodthirsty and want to solve all your problems with violence or have a devil in the bottle and be an alcoholic or be in too deep with some gang or lovesick. My favourite one is Party Animal, which is just, like, you really love hanging out and being cool and having a party and using that to cover up how you actually feel and essentially like what these do is they give you mechanical incentives to play a brooding bluesy disaster bastard who just gets things wrong all the time and like even if you're winning in a in a combat you can make it exciting by like you know expressing how sad it is that doing this thing makes you and obviously when you're using up all of these blues points you kind of gain them as you're playing there's this level up ritual where you what is called your troubles are brewing and at that point you've reached enough blues that you're ready for kind of like the climax of your emotional arc which is like a a gunfight or a, a meltdown or an argument or just a really sad moment for your character something emotionally charged doesn't really matter what it is precisely and then you get a bunch of bonuses for the duration of that scene and then you level up and become you know you get a new ability or something or a new trouble you change what your trouble is your stats increase so literally your characters become more powerful by role playing how sad they are
3: it's really interesting it's definitely one of my like more enjoyed ways to like grow your character versus like you know we, we cover a bunch of stuff that's like very mechanical dungeon diving stuff and then there are games like this where it's like very narrative driven and you're like you're living out your character's arc and you're creating new problems for your character overcoming your problems and there's a sad saxophone in the background the entire time uh, it's really a, it's a really enjoyable system
2: yeah like and yeah. the plan is for us to like give your characters give players e- and GMs easy tools with which to immediately hook themselves into genre right Yeah, because that's the thing we're trying to nail here we're trying to there's types of media we're trying to replicate right we're trying to hit your cowboy bebops your fireflies your mandalorians even bits of stuff like guardians of the galaxy these like scrappy crews of rogues trying to get things done in space and obviously like there's more examples of you to take that away from the spaceship genre like stuff that exists in that cool family space um and this was the quickest way i could come up with of like really precisely nailing a genre you were aiming for. And essentially, and it's a really powerful technology as well, because it doesn't just do XB; It also generates like behavioral prompts. So kind of gives you quick characterization, because like if you ever are confused about what your character should do, you should do the saddest thing possible, which is look at one of your three trouble prompts and do that. It generates contacts and locations and rivals Because some of the questions are like in Party animal, tell me a place you used to throw down or tell me someone you used to party with, right? That's generating people. And sometimes they do factions and generate like pieces of equipment you have or like fun things about the character in terms of like what brand of alcohol is your favorite thing? Like, you know, little world building things, little things to attach onto and like kernels of information for GMs to pull Adventure and immediate drama out of because it centers your experience mechanics around looking at the saddest thing that ever happened to you, right? And the most emotionally charged thing about it. So, yeah, it's a real potent piece of game design technology that I'm slightly worried I may never top as a designer, but you know, whatever, I've got time left, I'll be doing this for a while.
0: I hope you know, listen. uh, we 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 hope that you'll be doing it for a while as well. I, it's it's a great mechanic and it's one of the funnest part of the game. But there's so much more like in the game that's also fantastic as well. It's just a piece that like how between the mechanics. I know you said there's this division of labor. You did the mechanics and Sam did did um, most of the writing and, and the manuscript and everything. Putting all of that together. Was that difficult to try to keep those mechanics going, or did you really just build off Best Left Buried, like you said, and then try to, like, fix it into the system? Or Um, or were there a lot of other things like the sad for XP thing?
1: No, not, not really. It was quite seamless, I would say, because I had worked with Best Left Buried previously, so I was familiar with, like uh Zach's style of writing and uh the sort of mechanical language used so I could emulate that and wrap uh wrap the narrative and the the vibes around that and similarly Zach could write in a similar sort of style to to the way I was writing so like it it was very seamless to just go from me writing uh, an introduction of how this universe is filled with people who uh, are, are not doing great and are struggling with with their own well-being, and then for Zach to bullet point the key parts of each trouble and then write a little bit of flavor text um, or a short description under each one. And then in the next chapter, go into uh, okay, the galaxy is full of a myriad of ships from all different corporations and manufacturers, all operating for different purposes. And then us going into some like combined mechanical writing of ship tables and uh, like roll for where the ship's chassis originates kind of thing. Uh, so it, I would say it was pretty seamless.
2: Zach may
1: disagree, yeah.
2: but... <laughs> it, was, it was definitely iterative, right? Because yeah. we when we wrote the first version of the manuscript, it skewed really closely to Best Left Buried. Uh, it was basically, like, very similar. And the main thing that was different was the sort of... The mechanical skeleton was the same, and then Sam had done a bunch of, like, work on the top to do vibes and layering and stuff. <laughs> And uh, as we kind of worked more on it, it kind of found its own steam and developed like further away. Like in the first two or three drafts, troubles weren't there, right? And weapons and space combat was something that we iterated on a lot because it was really important to us. It was exciting for all the parts to be there. So like there's some bits of it that like stayed the whole way through, but it's like, always as it always is with making a game, the first draft that you go to playtest with is like, often quite different from the final version. I think for me personally, I felt originally a lot of like loyalty to the fans of Best Seth Barry to try and make something that felt the same way. But then I realized, we realized over time that it wanted to be its own different thing. And I'm happy that we made those decisions to distance it in some way. Because like yeah. there are some rules that are exactly the same, like right? the core mechanic and how attacks work and stuff. But we've added and changed lots of bits that work in different ways because it's trying to hit a different purpose.
1: Am I right uh, in thinking that the general difficulty in Orbital or blues is one lower than it is in Best Left Buried?
2: Yeah. That was a big yeah. that was a big example, yeah. right? It used to be nine and it was until very late in playtesting and we shifted yeah. it. One down because we think that the world in orbital blues is like physically more forgiving than the one in best left buried is, and, and you want to like, feel cooler. You don't want to be desperate yeah. in a dungeon. You you, 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 you got want to be in orbital yeah. blues. You know, yeah, not by much, and definitely not because <laughs> you the dentistry. Um, yeah, I
3: mean, I think genre-wise, that makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, if you watch Firefly or Cowboy Bebop or something like that, it's like. The player deaths are uh, deaths are if they happen are like incredibly dramatic and like story driven and I think you like do a really good job of emulating that in this game, um with the swan song and everything.
2: Mm. Oh yeah, Sam wax lyrical about the song swan song. That's like my favorite thing. In,
1: in yeah, I, I that was I, I think that was a, one of the like like maybe the mechanical contribution i made and i was like you get to play a song and you break the mechanics and you rules don't matter because you're gonna die uh just play them out kind of thing uh it, it, it's that um because my my contributions to mechanics tend to um make zach uh like a brain melt because they
2: usually just put it like that <laughs> but I enjoy it, but like when you say to me like oh yeah, what happens in this mechanic is that we play music and then all the rules are ignored. I'm like, yeah. Yes, go off king, do it. Yeah make it so. Like yeah. that's it's it's a good contribution.
1: Ultimately, like the game is quite 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 bleak, like a bit bit miserable. Um the the player characters are not having a great time, and if you do something cool, we want it to feel want it to feel good um, and we don't want it to feel like you're constantly in like an uphill battle to find some enjoyment there and if you manage to track down the people that you hate so much or the people that you've been searching for for a for a life-changing bounty or pull off a heist we want your moment of glory and you want your your time to shine essentially as a as a player character
3: yeah really incredibly cool
1: yeah Yeah. good game feel is is what we strove for and i think that we i think we've managed that um definitely and it was really cool for me because i i haven't been very online for the last couple of years um to go to london mcm this weekend and speak to people who've been playing it and running it and them saying like oh this is this is like a really amazing game to play. This is this feels great. This looks great. Like it was, it was like praise all round um, for for the whole team, and that was that was really nice to to see and
2: hear. Speaking of the whole team, the fucking art as well, right? And the oh. graphic
0: design, is insane. insane, ridiculous. Yeah, like yeah,
2: the the style that so. Joshua Clark, Tiny Woodsman, is the artist that we've worked on. I, kind of like, I alluded to earlier, uh, like um, how i describe is it is that Josh was high before I was. I was originally just going to be a person like <laughs> paying for things. And it was like, Sam wants to write this. Josh can do the art. And it's like, it's uh, the way it started off, at least, it's kind of evolved a bit now was that Josh would like take photo composites of different pieces of public domain photography. I kind of and smash them together over them. and take photos of them and um, paint over them and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, so it was gorgeous.
1: like kit, kit, so the the way that he works, I'm, I'm sure that he'll correct me if he's watching this, but it's like using composite imagery. Um, and sometimes it can be like really the way that he puts them together it is mosaic and quite far fetched. There's a ship in the book that's made entirely of lampshades and ladders. Um, and if someone can get back to me and tell me which one it is, you get a gold star. Um, but it's using cut, like shapes to to build this like framework, and then being painted over with a lot of like composite photography, also being painted over because I I personally wanted something that looked. Not photorealistic, because I'm a little weird with games that have actual photos in them, um, looking at UI um, and Swan. Uh, and I, I wanted something that felt realistic, but not too realistic. And I didn't want something that was uh too stylized either because I wanted the book to to feel like a very grounded piece. I wanted adverts in there. That was something that I wanted from the get-go. I was like, I want to turn a page and I want to feel like I'm reading a catalogue and that this thing is sponsored by a company. And that's how it's in your hands. And so uh I think we one of the early pieces that we got was uh the calder one which was the easy wear nobody does it like calder and it's a it's a guy in a space suit in a sort of like fashion magazine sort of style um and that was uh that was like really good that was like mwah, chef's kiss we're there that's what that's what we're doing we want this book to feel like it's full of ads
2: talking. yeah in world advertising materials band posters election campaigns here's places you go on your holiday, please buy this spaceship. Here's an advert for like, they're hiring RAV engineers for the new space station. It's just, it's it's just all fucking gorgeous. Like, and uh, Josh has continued knocking it out of the park when it's come to the Afterburn stuff and all the adventures that have come since. Uh, and kind yeah. of books we've gone for, are kind of all the, the sense of like verisimilitude, like this could be an object in a world, it feels lived in. Every page is weathered and stained and beaten and dog-eared, even though the book looks immaculate. From a like, it's just it's vibe, vibes all the way down. Vibes in the writing, yeah, yeah. vibes in the
0: art. I definitely. I, I remember when we reviewed it, we definitely said that however great the game is mechanically and everything like that the vibes and the way the mechanics dig into those vibes like this might be the vibiest like coolest game that's on my shelf i don't know if there's a game where i felt cooler i don't know it's you. not cool, it being so bad, cool you know um i will say um, that, um one of the things we were just talking about was um with joshua clark the wayward stars book is absolutely amazing the yeah, art book that explains like how the art was done like from josh and everything is if you anyone out there that actually that has orbital blues having that book too only adds like a whole nother layer to it when you actually know how the art was created where it came from and all this stuff it's just it's fantastic and that's in you can get that with the new kickstarter as well right the reprint of the yeah, Waver stars one of the yeah. Yeah.
2: we've printed many many art books and people you know people don't buy them as often as i thought they would because it's a uh, it's this immaculate, like, through-composed thing that Josh made entirely himself over the course of, like, two or three weeks. Just, like, explaining yeah, how it Yeah, he,
1: he came to us quite late on in the, the process and said, um, I keep screenshots. Uh, I take screenshots of all my work in progress in case I need to restore anything um, or wind things back, and I would be really interested in doing a write-up of a making-of, uh, do you think anyone would be interested in that? To which me and Zach, were on like, screen, yeah, yes. uh, like absolutely. <laughs> like, even if we don't take that to a general market, I'd be interested in seeing that as part of the creative process. Um, and so he he went away and made it and said, like, I want to do this just on on my own. I'll get back to you once I've once I've got a um, a, a manuscript. And he came back to us with pretty much a finished book all done with layout yeah. that he did himself. Um, I,
2: I budgeted in the crowdfunding spreadsheet to hire like an editor. Didn't it. And need a layout it. artist and stuff. Didn't yeah. need it, mate. I it ran easy. through it
1: in an afternoon, making sure that all like the grammar was correct and the full stops were in the right places, and there wasn't any typos. It took me about an hour. Um, and then it was done. It was just like, it was handed to us on a plate, which was amazing. Shout out Josh. Yeah. Um, get Wayward Stars uh, if you have the opportunity. Definitely get Wayward Stars. That is it's such a great coffee table piece. Or if you have any kind of interest in how like how the sausage is made for
0: RPGs, then that is uh, a real eye-opener. It's,
3: it is a it really, really great
1: piece. Is, it's
3: <laughs> gorgeous.
0: And it is a coffee table book. It's not small by any stretch of imagination. Yeah, it's like he, a nice size He was very box.
1: adamant that he wanted it in a non-standard um, dimension A4
0: horizontal, yeah. Is, I was gonna
1: yeah.
2: say it's A4. Yeah, <laughs> A4 horizontal, yeah. Which was, I think yeah, like two I two A4 books. I think this was the like first time you made a
1: book of those dimensions, Zach, and you're like, I don't know if we can.
2: <laughs> well, we definitely could, like, it's just the printers, you know, I had to explain to the printers very carefully, oh, it's not this one, it's that one, and
0: they would all the bindings. Yeah. It's fine, <laughs> we worked out. So, oh afterburn is what we're what we're looking at right now and that is a, the the kickstarter that's happening this is like i said before the first uh big wave of expansion stuff for for um orbital blues because it's not just a book there is a lot of stuff that comes with it so talk to me about afterburn like how long have you guys been working on that like what what can we expect from this first big expansion to orbital blues um, so we've
2: been like, I, talking yeah, I was like yeah, we've been talking about what we wanted to do for a while. And Josh has been we've been very busy working on all the stretch goal adventures we agreed to make as part of the expansion. There's now like five completed soft cover adventures from a series of amazing artists around the world with all kinds of different adventures, uh like tightly plotted, uh act-based linear stuff, sandbox adventures, dungeon crawls, hub worlds, uh, like dungeon areas, like space stations with all the stuff on them, like cities. Uh, and we sort of looked at it, well, what's the next step? Now we've done all this stuff we agreed to from the Kickstarter. What do we want to do? And there was a whole bunch of things we eventually settled on. But the two things I really wanted to make were was, well, the one thing I wanted to make, which is the reason that I bullied everyone into it, was I wanted to make a box set because my favorite thing in RPGs has been for a while, is one of these babies, the estate box set from Mouse Ritter. I'm such a mouse Ritter enjoyer. And My, mine is, mine with... is the
1: black hack box, but it's the same sort
2: of vibe. Mm. Yeah. And so we said, like, I said, I want to make a VHS. I want to make a, sorry, I've spoiled the punchline. We want to make a box. <laughs> and I think it was Sam that said, we need to put it in a VHS case. Uh, um, no it was will it fit in
1: a vhs case because i couldn't remember what a VHS, how big a vhs case was um <laughs> which then led us down a side quest of sourcing a vhs case to check the measurements
2: it yeah it's what, what, was, it, what it, was it was the tape whole thing. what was the tape that you found uh i i eventually it was a i can't remember but we found it. We worked how many things you could stuff in it. But the main thing that's in that <laughs> is not a thing that exists to satisfy my childish fantasies. Is this big spaceship book uh, of kind of the that basically fills in all the gaps of stuff we wanted to fit in the original the Blue's, but kind of couldn't fit in because of page count. We wanted to keep it like a tight two hundred pages because I like we both like books of that scale that feel really usable, like. The thing with the character, the characters in Orbital Blues, is that we'd we'd left this really strong vibe of like what a really potent player character looks like. You know, you pick your ideas, you pick your troubles, your gambits, you grab some weapons, you grab from that big orange spread at the beginning. That's like, I'm the hick, I'm the lonely heart, I'm the chain smoker, I'm the cowboy, which is like such strong characterization. But kind of, we wanted to do more with the spaceships. And Mm. when you look at, like, all the pieces of media that we were talking about, specifically, like, Firefly and Cowboy Bebop, which are two of the big influences, the spaceship is the character, like, one of the main characters, but we wanted to add more to kind of allow for that. So there's three big things in the the book. The first is Josh has made, like, a, a big pile of spaceships with art and lore and advertising materials and, like gobbins for those to exist. You kind of flip through and pick which one you want to use for your party. The second thing is the thing that I've been writing, which is like a expanded set of GM's advice bits, character creation tables, and world building bits to kind of make space travel something which is easier to GM so that the spaceship is like a place where adventure happens rather or a vehicle rather than just like, here's how I get from point A to point B. And then the third thing we've been working on is Sam's made this huge, amazing Orbital Blues adventure called Redshift Riders. It's too big. Do you want to talk about that, Sam? It's too big. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I
1: really enjoyed writing uh, The Suttler System, which was um, it's like a sandbox adventure that's in the back of the core book. Uh, My First Dungeon are working their way around it right now, over on their stream of Orbital Blues. It was like quite well praised by people when it came out um, as feeling like very alive and uh, a good place to set adventures and so I said hey I'll I'll do more of that because there was a lot of things that I I had to cut from that due to the space it was just like proper back backfilling the uh, the back end of the book uh, and so I said let's do let's do an advent a sandbox that supports all the things from uh like the other parts that that you guys are doing so uh the adventure introduces the concept of van kia gates which are which answers the 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 eternal question of how does faster than like travel work over long distances in orbital blues uh to which we all had different thoughts on as create as like the three like members of the team. Um, mine being, I don't care. Josh's being, I like old fashioned space travel. Uh, and Zach's being, I like hard sci-fi uh, space travel and I want to know how it works. And seeing as we had that, that, that trifecta of opinions, uh, it, it was like, well, if we have those difference in opinions, then all the various GMs and storytellers out there are definitely going to want different ways to do it. So have at it and zach has taken a real swing at uh all the different ways to break down space travel so like zach if you want to go into your greeblies and your your techno oh, babble
2: essentially like the the thing for me is that like um i've run a lot of Orb the blue since the game came out and i've played a lot of it and i've developed my own canon as to how things exist in certain ways which is not something that we address at all in the core book, right? It's entirely vibes, and the thing is, is that my version of Orbit the Blues has a completely different meta narrative to what Sam's does, and has a different one to what Josh has, because it's very much a game owned by three people over different times, right? That we've smushed together, and it w- it didn't feel right for us to like tell people how to use space travel and a certain thing, especially because like this is a genre emulation game, and different genres of sub genres of space, Western sub opera that wait, you know what I mean? uh, Space Western space operas exist, right? Um, So essentially what we've done in the book is presented a couple of different ways that a few different things could work (laughs) and explained what the impact on your campaign would be. If FTL travel doesn't exist, or you can go from anywhere in the universe to anywhere else, like snap star Wars style, or if, we're playing Mass Effect or bebop and there are these ways that space travel happens on space highways, right? And basically like explaining the impact that would have on your game. And also the the the, the, the Orbital Blues I run is really hard sci-fi because um, it's the kind of thing that my players enjoy. And there's been this sort of fun experience to me where like Sam and I are both the kind of people that have played a lot of dungeon crawling games. So like, even though my body would fail me immediately, I'm pretty sure that if you put me in a dungeon in a perfect human being, I'd be pretty good at it because I know how all the things and all the levers work. You know, I know you can apply pickaxe, pick doors, do this, shove things down, pit traps. Like I've learned how to do it because I've spent a lot of time doing it because the things that happen in a dungeon closely relate to like what it's like in a real world. A dungeon if you
1: pledge you more to the Orbital Blues Kickstarter, we will engineer a real-life dungeon for Zach to try and navigate. <laughs> and
0: if he dies, they die. Yeah, he just has one of those, like <laughs> the the camera structures chest, so we we'll can like watch him the whole the time. Test. We'll live stream, we'll live stream the dungeon. You ready
2: here, folks? A million dollars on Kickstarter, right? I'm not an astral. I
1: could be a dungeon. Pledge more in. to the yeah, orbital yeah. blues. Kickstarter will put Zach through astronaut school you and him into space. space. There we go. <laughs>
2: but the thing is, is that I have gone through astronaut school, Sam, by playing so much orbital blues. <laughs> and in all these games, <laughs> Definitely I've the learned thing. to understand. I've built an internally consistent model of how I think a spaceship works that will not hold up to any type of rigorous scrutiny. But you start to learn. You learn to start thinking of portals, and then, like at that point, possibility appears. And plans start to make sense once you. And so there's like a. a and bit other of the book people like, want
1: to read about those plans because they'll come to us and be like, "How does this thing work?" And I'm like, "I don't know, space magic." Plasma um, well comes out of it. It's
2: an engine. I yeah. Don't know. Uh, but there's all kinds of like advice for running games and how we come up content, how things are generated. Like just filling out the advice in the core book, and it's going to be a really good tool that's going to be like the if you get one other book alongside all of the clues this is the one we want you to get and alongside obviously we're doing cassettes and vhs adventure box sets <laughs> cases of all these things and then you know reprinting the gm screens and the art books and you'll be able to get every single other conceivable thing under the sun because it's a kickstarter and people love the things uh, particularly... They do love the things. I don't know if you've
0: ever uh, talked yeah. to
3: Ryan before. But... I'm a people, and I like <laughs> a thing or two.
0: I might have one or two of the things. I, I I get so many things that I often end up with doubles, and then I just send them to him. So, um, uh, I'm not gonna lie. The alt cover of the original book definitely was a thing that I had to have. So it's definitely uh, in 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 my uh, in my pledge. Um, yeah, Blues
1: and... cassette, as demonstrated here. Uh, a, re- a re-up available on the current Kickstarter. Get yourself oh, a cassette. So we uh, grabbing. Hold on. For all your cassette playing oh. uh, needs.
2: We, we've all got to grab our cassettes. God, this is me. Uh, this And the dice. Yeah. In the little bag they came in. Have they been rolled? Who knows? They have oh, not been
0: rolled. I, I have um, so many bags of dice on this shelf, and not yeah. a single one of them has been rolled. <laughs> Because I've intended yeah, a real time. I think like the next years, cassette but... is
1: being done in like a plastic case
0: with a
2: traditional... slightly different one. It's gonna be like yeah. a J-fold thing. Just because yeah. it, it turns out the rave boxes are really expensive and this thing called inflation has happened. Uh, so we've uh, shifted. That's ones. that's just a myth. But if, if this we is hit, yeah. No, well, go for it. no, no, no. If we I was what? about to announce something but I'm definitely not allowed to announce
0: because we haven't spoken to Josh <laughs> by yet. So you know what? Hey, let's, no, let's do, do that. It don't do that yeah perfect hey well maybe we'll get to the end and you'll just announce it anyway um <laughs> aside from this cassette i know you we you just hit um was it the stretch goal to get Is it behold to do another um yes. cassette because they did the uh, music for the uh my first dungeon podcast that just recently we're still in the process of doing or dropping out the um orbital blues ap that they're doing right
2: yeah yeah so we've been doing a bunch of sponsored actual plays working with a couple of different outfits uh we're working with transplaner stella luna girls around these worlds boys from the baltic star we've tried to do it. E- each person's been given a different adventure from this uh but brian from my first dungeon got in touch and i'm a big fan of brian's work from the big uh die die rpg yeah. thing they did i worked a lot on die as part of our and with and um he wanted to do a stream and said, Hey, we'll do a stream. We want to do this. We'll we'll get all these people in and obviously because we're sponsored, we're able to pay these people really well, which is really good. And uh, then Brian said, Oh yeah, also my music guy will be doing a bunch of music for it. So I'll make sure I send that to you before you do that. And like I'm such a I'm such a glutton for punishment when it comes to bad financial impulse control. And I was like, Wait a second, they're gonna be doing music. Why don't we just print it and put it on a cassette and we'll give them money? If they're doing the music anyway, let's make it happen. So right. there's now another EP from the music from the My First Dungeon actual play, which you should all go watch because it's fantastic and it goes through Sam's very excellent subtle system adventure in a super interesting way. And like it, I, I don't normally listen to a lot of APs, but this is like a really high production value one with like good, interesting characters. And like I increasingly think although I'm obviously very biased, the Orbital Blues is an incredibly good game to play actual playoff because the vibes are very strong. The characters jump out of the page very quickly and troubles are like a really easy way of generating lots of emotional moments like I was talking about earlier. So like, yeah, it's been really good and we've got a cassette and I think there's probably going to be a third one if we can, you know, hit that stretch goal in a couple of days. So we'll see. Yeah. We've got Chris Bissett coming back, and they're going to be doing some jazz. Uh, and I love jazz. jazz. We do love I some love sad jazz. jazz. Love some sad jazz. Love sad jazz. I mean, there's still <laughs> almost
0: two weeks left in the campaign. Plenty of time. I, we just hit the halfway market at, at 75 USD. I don't know what that is in... Um, it's just over uh, £60,000. So £61,000, so. yeah. There we go. Um. Yeah.
2: Try not to look at the number too much during crowdfunding projects because it kind of—it's very easy to have your self-worth be replaced by that little number of dollars. And actually, the thing that we should be proud of is that we've made a really fantastic piece of art, and that loads of other yeah. people are going to get to enjoy it. So, yes, yeah, I always capitalism, like. You know, it's when not I've nothing. run
1: kickstarters in the past, I'll watch the number go up by like several thousand, and then I'll see it go down by like eighty pounds. And it's it's that like eighty pounds that I'll fixate on and be like, why did that person? <laughs> uh, but why, like, not counting all the times that I've ever backed out of a Kickstarter or a crowdfund for mm-hmm. whatever reason, I'll, I'll just be like, what did that person see or read that made them drop their pledge? Why would they do that? And I, I start obsessing over it. So I, I've just made it so that I don't look at things like that. Yeah. Um,
0: just, and uh, if someone just has don't, a question, don't ask, I'll answer you it. You know, but I'll
1: I'll just like my Nan calls me up um and she looks at it and she'll be like, Oh, it's it's on like fifty thousand now, it's doing so well. And I'm like, Thanks, Nan. I am trying to avoid <laughs> looking at the amount of money that it's on, but thank
2: you. Um yeah, it's, it's easy my, to get my caught. My dad up also it. asks me about it all the time. He <laughs> wants to see the advertising, the kind of guy he is. He wants to see the backer kit advertising dashboard and i'm like no i'm not sending you that dad go away (laughs)
0: i'll say i've backed over too many projects um uh, I've had I've only had two people actually message me and be like, "Hey, why did you unback our project?" And both times, I've been like, "That's a weird question. You probably shouldn't message people and ask that." So no, um, no. yeah, well, yeah don't, don't, uh, do don't ask, don't but, do that. And
1: I know not to um, ask, and I never would. But it's the it's the what if the um, the just that that torment. It keeps me. It, it plagues
0: me. Yeah.
2: We are also people with our own troubles. You know.
0: Hey, oh, yeah, Thanks, There's a reason that the Sad Space Cowboy game is is very much like real life. Um, Aside from the spaceships, um, that is where we're at right now. So specifically, this project, Afterburn, besides the book, I know we touched on some of the stuff, but what exactly are people able to get with this besides everything pretty much from the first one? um, Except maybe not the dice, I'm not sure about that, but it's pretty much everything from the first one, plus a new alt cover for the book. And then, what exactly can everyone expect? Like specifically?
2: Oh, yeah. So it's the there's a this new core book, which is the kind of the compilation of all the things that we think you should have if you bought Orbital Blues, but kind of wanted a little bit more. Uh, that's called Afterburn, uh, and it's like a two hundred ish hardcover, roughly the same size as the, as the original book. You can also grab uh, Rogue Anthems, which is our VHS box adventure pamphlet collection. Uh, And then you can also grab Tales from the Outlaw Galaxy, which is a slipcase compendium of all the softcover adventures we've been releasing as stretch goals for the first game. So across five different adventures with five different writers, there are almost 300 pages of adventuring content uh, available, all illustrated lovingly by Josh. Um, There's a new alt cover of the core book you can get if you're a collectionist and you fancy grabbing what we're referring to affectionately as the rainbow cover. Then there is the reprint of the old cassette. There is a reprint. There is a print of the new cassette, which is Behold 1, the soundtrack from My First Dungeon. Then there is also the GM screen you can grab and the Wayward Stars art book we were talking about from earlier, as well as obviously reprint of the core book from the last game uh, with the original cover that you all know and love. And I think that's everything. There's a lot of bits, but we've done a lot of the work already. All the manuscripts are finalized. The art is all done. Like, it's just a case of doing some layout and then finding someone stupid enough to sell me a 1,000 VHS boxes, you know. Uh, but, I mean, sorry, I've already found the people. It's just, you know, doing the final bit. Uh, I'm not going to end. There's no – all the rabid product sourcing has already happened. Don't worry, everyone. Uh, but it's still a uh, a challenge to get all those gubbins and get everything to print.
0: So for the most part, once this ends, the hardest part of the part that's going to take the longest pretty much is getting all of these moving parts mm-hmm. together and actually getting it in one spot to send to people, right? Like that's what's going to be yeah. holding up most of anything.
2: There's a lot of layout left, uh, but obviously uh, and bits of editing, but it's mainly the, the production stuff is the difficult bit for this, especially in your kind of... You know, But it's the kind of thing that SOMOP has done on the last 12 projects it's involved in before, and the, you know, the dozen books I've made for RRD over the last two years that we've got a lot of experience and trust in, and we have trusted partners, and everything will happen in the right order at the time that backers should be able to access it with hopefully as little delay as possible.
0: So... This is the first big expansion for Orbital Blues. I know that you're in the in the deep part of it right now, but is there a little part of the back of your brain that's got this second expansion already brewing at all, or is it going to be a little break between now and and more Orbital Blues? Uh,
1: I I think it'll be a break. I think I think Zach has uh, another project after. Um, And I am really, like, wringing my brain out now because it was all well and good filling the Sutler system, which was, I think, three three or four, like, major locales uh, with enough life to make it feel alive. Um, But right now I'm doing a system with four planets and a space station, and filling that is uh it's it's taxing i don't know that many people and i certainly don't know that many people to to base uh adventures and quests and experiences on and i'm really like trying to get in touch with uh this this sounds so um pretentious the human condition and what fills those spaces uh in ways that are meaningful and make for good quests uh, in the the traditional RPG sense. Why would this person come to a band of interstellar outlaws and be like, "Hey, um, I I need your help with this." Um, there's and there's some that are like real strong in the manuscripts at the minute, and then others that I'm like, "This needs to." I need to up my game, and I'm having like major like anxiety over it. Two of my favorite quests uh, my two favorite things that I've written so far are one where a famous film actor wants you to help him fake his own death uh, and you have to like help with that. and then the second one is a documentary, filmmaker who wants to join your crew and ask your crew a lot of like personal questions and ask why are you doing this instead of a real job uh and they're they're two things that i i think a lot of people will approach differently and a lot of people will will like it will change up their games and definitely have like an impactful sort of uh thing to to like make cr- crews and outlaws question themselves and one another and how they go about things. As for a whole other, a whole other new book, <sighs> um, <laughs> <laughs> give us some I, time.
2: I can do mine. I've got two things I've wanted to write, but I've been too busy to write around other things. My brain wants to make solo orbital blues by mm. expanding out the amount of technology on a trouble so that you could use it to generate more stuff than you would otherwise. I think that's something that there's probably some legs on. And I also want to write a like very jazzy old school noir murder mystery adventure uh, that uses orbital blues and kind of takes in a different direction. But those are like, this isn't like, and this will be coming out in 2024. Like these are like, me thinking about things I'd like to write in the system in the future uh, but you know it's going to be a while like the way these things work is it's going to take us probably it's going to take us six months to make everything anyway and then right. working out what the next steps will be we'll want a break after that because I won't want to think about any more space cowboys for about a year and then maybe tw- 25 or something you'll see some more stuff from As A Up Muppet about more orbital blues I hope but it's certainly there's demand for it people seem really excited so I'm keen to make more things it's just like crowdfunding tempo is really difficult mm-hmm. uh, and-, and we're also
1: like um we're also really excited and eager to see what other people do with it because yeah. ultimately this is something that what, that had its genesis very much in a bubble in like my bedroom not this one I lived in Nottingham at the time I live somewhere else now uh in an undisclosed location uh no. like it was That's something that was it was something that was made uh, in our bedrooms in a local pub. It was something that was very... Uh, it, it felt very personal to to all of us, uh, and it was something that we, we... We very much didn't have a great deal of our external feedback on when we were making it, and then it launched and people really liked it. And people have since, you know, also, re- still really like it. And so it's always crazy having people come up and be like oh this thing happened in in our game this thing happened in in my game oh when we ran it we did this and it's always really exciting to see what people do with it and what people harness the book for in terms of what kind of stories they want to tell and if they want to write their own adventures I love editing and reading the adventures that we get because I haven't yet come across one of them where i've thought oh i could have thought of that like they've all been completely different they've all been from a range of talented writers from a, a, a diverse array of backgrounds that have told stories that i couldn't have written zach couldn't have written every single one of them so far that we've that we've published has been been really unique and not things that i personally thought i i didn't think of them when i was writing it um what are your thoughts on that, Zach?
2: Yeah, I mean, ultimately, like, the the ultimate purpose of any RPG product, as much as we talk about, like, coffee table books or vibes, things with smart mechanics, is for, like, things to see use of the table. Like, that's what it's for. It's, it's, a, it's all a front-to-make cassettes. A... Yeah, it's all a front-to-make <laughs> cassette so I can switch into my career as a music producer. Uh, but seriously, it is all about, like, how the thing finds life at the table and what use people get out of it. And obviously seeing people do these things and write these adventures and have these stories with the thing that we came up with is always wonderful. But the other thing is that Orbital Blues has in it a very explicit, very big third-party license, and we've seen stuff written by people for Josh, who's running for you guys tomorrow on the stream they've written an Orbital Blues adventure that was really good. I forgot the name of it because I'm on the spot. But um, you know, it's exciting seeing people also publish that stuff. So what I'd really yeah. like is to see like more third party published stuff appear. That'd be my personal dream as a publisher, you know, having or, other people or Orbital
0: Blues itch GM anytime soon,
2: maybe? We yeah. did one Troubles last year, but I guess we'll have to do another one soon. I'm just, yeah. I'm so busy, like running an itch jam. Like, if anyone wants to run an Orbital Blues itch jam, email me and then I'll I'll give you whatever story You'll delegate yes.
0: that down. Well, you know? I mean, you not only do you have Orbital Blues going on right now, you still have Inevitable going on. Um, yeah. I don't know how much you're doing with Rowan Rookendecker, but I know they have Eat the Right going on right now as well, too. So I feel like you have lots of hands a lots of different pots right now and maybe just a couple of things to do, you know? Um, you, a
2: few too many, yeah. And yeah. that's before I've even announced anything that's happening next year that's currently being worked on frenziedly. Uh, but yeah, more more games will be coming in the future from us, and also of all kinds. And then, uh, getting out this array of all the blue stuff that people seem to be evidently so excited for because of the Kickstarter is so brilliant. And I can't wait to see people play more things and get excited about the South Space Cowboys.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I- yeah. Very excited for this Kickstarter. I was. I can't tell you how excited I was to see when it dropped. See that rainbow cover. to go with the night cover as well. And as you said, we're going to be playing tomorrow with myself, with Hunter here, with uh, Josh, and with uh, Marcos Serrano, with Spicy Tuna. Um, very excited to see him in a different space so thing. Stoked. He's a very mothership person. It'll be interesting to see him doing a little bit of Orbital Blues as well. Um, and I know on your uh, on the Kickstarter page, which is fantastic. Definitely go check that out. Um, if you were listening to us. Um, there is, as you said before, a whole list of other places um, uh, to go watch APs and stuff. My First Dungeon, Girls Run These Worlds, Stella Luna, um, Boys in and Boulders, and Transplanter. A lot of really amazing stuff to go check out. A lot of really great content and. It's awesome that you guys are reprinting everything from the original one for the most part, um, because if all those people that might be fans now that didn't get those original books, you're able to get those now. So definitely go yeah. check out the Kickstarter. It's right now. If you're listening to this or watching this on YouTube in the next day or two, um, the links to all of that will be in the um, description below. But um, for both of you, where can people find um, any of your personal stuff or other stuff besides a specific Kickstarter? Sam?
1: Um. As I've said before, I'm not super online, um, but at Sam Sleaney on Twitter slash X, and I think it's the same on Instagram as well. Uh, uh, Zach is so busy at the minute that uh, if you want me to write for you, I can um, because, uh, well, there's just too many fingers in too many pies as as they said uh so yeah um i have ideas um who up publishing their games is is what i would say uh and yeah
2: at sam Sleeney, s-l-e-n-e-y yeah uh my name's zach i go by jelly i'm the jelly muppet on most social medias you can find us on soulmuppet-store.co.uk is the place to buy all of the amazing RPGs that Soul Muppet makes. All of the Blues is just one of them. We've also talked about Best Left Buried. I've also been on a podcast before talking about Inevitable. You can find Counter Titan City. You can find other stuff that Sam has written as well, like Beneath the Sea. And uh, that is, has links to all the places you can find us because I have a marketing person now whose job it is to run accounts on tumblr and instagram and facebook and there's a discord server and a mailing list and like there's a whole well-oiled marketing machine that mall our conventions and operation sorry conventions and marketing person is responsible for making occur um i also work at Roanoke and deckard where you can find amazing games such as die heart spire and the new geek the right i would encourage you to go over there and check out my role there as a producer as well and um but yeah, the main place to find us is the Soul Muppet Store, and if you search the name of any of these games in, we do pretty well in SEO. So uh, go from there.
1: Yeah, yeah, look at look at that spiel. I don't have a social media and marketing manager. I just have my girlfriend yeah. being who who is a content creator, being like, you need to be on the internet more, and I'm just like, no. <laughs> no. Well, hey, I, you know. I, what?
2: <laughs> If, if, I, if I could make, I, I don't know. It's it's been a you you got to do it. The main reason I have that person is because I hate it almost as much as you do. But uh, it's just a case of needing to run a publishing company, uh, yeah. which is my job now somehow. Oh. Well, congrats on your success. Congrats on the success of the Kickstarter.
3: We're obviously, I mean, we're big fans, um, and we're super stoked to get everything in hand. And this looks cool and sad and all the space cowboy vhs throwback tech of the future uh
1: that we have come to expect from over the blues it's not it's not too sad it is exciting as well um it's not a book that's gonna make you cry it's, oh you've not been uh, to my table
3: my table's sad enough don't worry it's okay yeah. that's fine okay.
1: uh yeah it's also I'm got a lot of millennial. really exciting stuff sad. in it <laughs> yeah. and a lot of really interesting <laughs> stuff in it it's not just all sad sometimes i did feel when we were at comic-con <clears> people would come over and be like. Why are, the, why are the space cowboys sad? Like, can we cheer them up? And we just be like, it's It's just a tagline. Don't worry about it. They don't always have to be sad. Uh, you can do exciting things with them too. So, yeah, yeah, it's got a lot of cool stuff in it to enrich your
2: games and your stories. Yeah, and Afterburn <laughs> will certainly help the cowboys being
0: happy. There we go. There aren't
2: the yes. That was Yes. Well.
0: Seriously. Can't Perfect. can't wait for it to come. Thank you again, Zach. Thank you so much for coming on the show again. Sam, been a pleasure talking with you as well. Always invited back. Um, very excited for you guys and the success that Afterburn is having right now. And can't wait for more Soul Muppet stuff. Really appreciate you guys coming on.
2: No
1: worries. thank nice you us. Thank you for having us. I always enjoy yeah. doing this and thank being y'all. allowed to ramble for like this was great. Hour.
3: Yeah, you got yeah. We, just, we just let you guys go off. I'm like, oh, this I is very the best guy I've interviewed. So, it's yeah. This is <laughs> the easiest interview ever.
0: Yeah. So, um yeah, so we are the Weekly Squirrel Podcast. You can find all of our stuff at our link tree, which is just slash the Weekly Squirrel. Um, links to all of this, like I said, will be in everywhere. And, um, and that's it. That's our show. We'll go back after Burn on Kickstarter right now. Get all of the old Orbital Blues if you don't have it and definitely grab all that new stuff. Um, everyone out there, have a wonderful night. And again, thank you guys for being here. Fun. Fun. tomorrow play Orbital Blues as so well. So we can
1: build a dungeon oh. and put Zach in it and see if he... Right, $1 see, billion. See dollars. Zach is, is as good as their word and can escape a dungeon because they've played in a lot of them
2: i've done it yeah escape rooms aren't that hard right thanks guys no no
1: i'm talking stones i'm talking cages i'm talking chains
0: goblins bye 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 everybody have a good day bye